witness, bear witness to the greatest park has ever created, the smelling sod, starring Mr. Moonshine. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. Fimo. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Loma. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Canella. Hook, white crowds, smelling song. Pacquiao. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. Charlo. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Spence. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Bud. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Fury. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. Wilder. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. AJ. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. You know I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Punch. Ooh, baby, you already know this is Pun, Drunk, Boxing, aka Mr. Moo, Shine himself, aka La Dobo, aka La Sazon, aka El Borracho. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this side of heaven. God bless you all. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a great night of boxing this past Saturday, August 14th. It was a great night of boxing, a lot of action, a lot of a lot of great moments, um, ups and downs, knockouts, stoppage, beautiful. And then there was this boring fight that we're about to get into and we're going to talk about this. Guillermo Rigendau. Lord, 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 have mercy. I'm going to tell you like this, folks. I dropped the video. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, punch wrong box on the YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, man. I dropped the video earlier today. And I'm like, you know what? Guillermo Rigendau should be banned from televised boxing. Yep, yep. I got to say it. I've never been hard on a fighter like this. Pause. Guillermo Rigendau, a guy that has great tools, great pedigree, prestige, uh, prestige skill set. He's going to give that type of performance, ladies and gentlemen. I'd rather see Martin Lawrence versus Thomas Hearns in the Martin Show than to see Rigendau back in the ring. I'd rather see Stephen A. Smith training footage. Than to see Rigondeau back in the ring again. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I, I just gotta say, I know a lot of people been like, "Yo, yo, punch! You've been too hard. Come on, you go, you going, you, come on, you blown out of proportion right now, punch. Come, on, chill. We seen certain words. No, no, no. Sorry, my friend. I don't like that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't expect that from Rigondeau. I do expect for people to say that Rigondeau is boring. I expect him to be the counter punch. I expect him not, to, you know, to not engage that much, but to be a master in the ring. He was not a master in that ring, ladies and gentlemen. He was Forrest Gump, ladies and gentlemen. He was Forrest Gump chasing um um Lieutenant Dan. That's what he was. He was Forrest Gump chasing Bubba. You know what I'm saying? He was just a runner. I thought I thought when somebody said, "Yo, he's an Olympian." Was it the Cuban team, the track and field team? It was that because it doesn't seem like he got two gold Olympic man, ladies and gentlemen. Look, John Rial Casimero, the WBO champion, right? We all know coming in that that Casimero, he don't really have the pedigree like a Rigondeau. I mean, if you look at skill set in terms of just take away the power, you could say that Rigondeau got everything: footwork, IQ, um, you know, punch placement, jab, everything. You could say that. You could say that Rigondeau got everything. You know, checked in the box better than than, than um, Casimero. But damn, he could run too. I ain't never seen a runner like this. Ladies and gentlemen, they said that Oscar De La Hoya was running versus Trinidad in the championship rounds. Compared to what we saw yesterday night in Showtime. Compared to that, Oscar De La Hoya and Trinidad was fighting toe-to-toe in the championship round. Compared to what we saw from Guillermo Rigondeau. Damn it, I used to love, uh, I used to love Cuban sandwich. But if somebody would have told me, yo, Punch, you want a Cuban sandwich, I'm going to make it for you. I said, I don't want that ish. 
And ladies and gentlemen, nah, I'm, not, I'm not dissing the Cuban people. My Cuban, my Cubano, dímelo, mi hermano, everybody, my brothers and sisters fighting out there, everybody, hashtag SOS Cuba. My people needs libertad. We got to be there for. But I'm going to say it like this. That was not Cuban. That, that was not a Cuban style. I don't know where you learned that style, Rick, that, but you did not learn that in, in, in the Cuban dungeon. No, you did not. But John Rio Casimero won a split decision win versus Rigging down. And now we 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 very desperate to see a unification bout versus the monster. Now oh yeah I no Uwe from Tokyo, Japan. Or no Nito Donaire. The pride, one of the one of the prides of the Philippines. Seemed like this weekend was a it was the start of that Cuban Philippine versus you know war. You had Regendal versus Casimero, and then this week, of course, um, Earl Spence is not going to be fighting Manny Pacquiao, but, you know, as a substitute, Jordanis Ugat, who is holding the Super WBA welterweight title, the title that um, the WBA took away from, from Manny Pacquiao, put them on as recent champions for lack of activity, and... That's what it was. That's what it was. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear b- babies in the background, I, I hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this ghetto, all right? You feel me? Uh, if, if y'all want to donate to the channel, you know, have a money sign, dollar sign, punch drunk. But until I get a studio or something like that, until we, you know, moving on up like the Jeffersons, you're going to be hearing a lot of babies in the background. I got three babies, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to be hearing babies in the background. You're going to be screaming. Hey, my daughter right now in the room right there. She's driving her little bicycle. So you're going to hear a lot of it, right? I'm trying to be as professional as I can, but damn it, it's fatherhood. For all the fathers out there, shout out. You know how it is. You know how it is. You know, for those the, for those who are debt beats, you don't know what it is, all right? Shame of yourself. Anyway, so... August 21st, y'all already know as many Pacquiao and Jordanis Ugas. But let's really talk about because we could talk about this for the whole week. And for the people, I apologize that I haven't been very, very consistent and stuff like that. But you know what? You could just say that this is like season two. We're going to keep it consistent. I want to do a podcast uh, episode at least four times a week, maybe five, you know, just just like I said, I'm a fatherhood. You feel me? I got, I got, I, I'm doing too much, you know, you know, anyway, but. Thank you for the people that's been supporting the channel, been supporting the, the website, punchroomboxing.net, and supporting the podcast. Of course, we still got great episodes that, you know, um, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's great, man. I hope y'all, y'all been listening, um, you know, while you're going to work or working out, whatever. But um, let's talk about more today because we could talk with, I'm going I'm to I'm also finish it up with, with the Manny Pacquiao versus Yuri Dennis Ugas. Virgil Ortiz. Wow. Wow, this man, this man right here, man, versus the Me Machine. Me Machine, yo, he's 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 good. You know, he's game. He's just not gonna just lay down for anybody. But Virgil Ortiz, man, who got hurt in the second round versus the Me Machine, just like just like Me Machine has hurt um Buck Crawford. Virgil Ortiz throw every punch with bad intentions, y'all. He showed me, he showed me, and I know we, I know Virgil Ortiz had this in him. And he was trained by his father, Robert Diaz. I'm sorry, Robert Garcia was not with Virgil Ortiz in this fight because he was he had he was also training and working with um with Joshua Franco that was that was fighting his trilogy fight versus Andrew Maloney from Australia in the down under. We're gonna be talking about that right there. But let's talk about for the for the Virgil Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz, damn that man. That dude throws punches with bad intentions, ladies and gentlemen. He got hurt. He got hurt. He sustained. That's what. And look, there's a lot of boxing fans that want to see that. 
They want to see if a fighter could take a chin. You know, because when you got these young fighters, they knocking everybody out. Some most of the time, they just putting these these opposition just tailor made for them to look good, so they can stack up the resume. But Golden Boy, I love Golden Boy and Gomez, the matchmaking, how they move their young fighters. They done it with Canelo Alvarez. They done it with Ryan Garcia by facing um, Luke Campbell in um, early of this quarter in January. They have done it with the guys that that was with was with Golden Boy, and then they left to PBC. Remember Danny Swift Garcia. Remember they put him in there with the likes of Amir Khan. They put him there with Lucas Matisse. They took chances on him. You feel me? And look at Keith from Tom Thurman when they put him against um, well um Diego Chavez. That's not that wasn't supposed to be easy. It was two young undefeated champion from Argentina, Diego Chavez. You know that was that was a tough one. That's that was a tough one. Um, Adrian Brown is a three division world champion. I'm not gonna say they put him in there for a real like a real real test. But what I'm saying is that that Golden Bull got this trend that they will invest in you, but they really gotta know what what's what you bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? They want to they want to know early what you got before they fully, fully, fully want to invest in you and things of that nature. But Virgil Ortiz is a I call them El Matatang. El Matatang the what the way to, uh, of the what's way division because man, he was when he when he sustained those punches and he just he was come he was ready to fight. Heard him with a body shot that you know a lot of people in the, the comments say they didn't even count that last body shot, right? And I think the body shot actually set the tone throughout the whole fight because he was getting weakened, he was breaking him down, hit him with a nice stiff jab. Virgil Ortiz, damn it, is damn monster. El Montro, El Matatan. You already got a monster of Edgar Belanga. Shout out to Edgar Belanga, Brooklyn, New York, Bushwick was good. But Virgil Ortiz from Texas, man, it's something in that water. It is something in that water in Texas, man. Because them, them, tough, tough, tough. Texas, Texas, uh, person, persons, peoples, yo, they tough. Um, but Virgil Ortiz, man, he ended in the eighth round. He knocked him down like four times. The mean machine was not mean. I mean, the mean machine met somebody that was meaner than him. Put it that way. The mean machine met somebody that was meaner than him. Feel me? So, um, look at the baby. Hold on. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, thank you with the water. I was telling my daughter, can she give me a water? Thank you, water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, water tastes good. Yeah. There's no more water. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> I told you, man, this fatherhood, man. Y'all understand me. Sometimes I got to take the break, but y'all understand. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, y'all. So Virgil Ortiz, yes, man. Ferocious, ferocious, ferocious. Um, man, this kid is incredible. One of the phenom in the welterweight division. Of course, we have also Boost Ennis is a phenom in the welterweight division. Of course, at this point, we want to see them, of course, get tested. And they're getting tested right now. You know, Boots Ennis... Was fighting Sergey Lipinier, and these names are going to be linked to one another because I do believe there's going to be a future pay per view with Boost Ennis and Virgil Ortiz. Now, a lot of people's talking about. I mean, this is the debate and the dialogue that people's having, at, especially after the fight. If just like the same debate that people was having after the Maurice Hooker fight when Virgil Ortiz stopped Maurice Hooker, is he ready? Is Virgil Ortiz ready? You know, at this point, especially after the fight yesterday, I feel like Damien is a disrespect if you tell me that he's ready, ladies and gentlemen. He is ready. He's more than ready. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just go back. And I, and I said this before. I said this before. I, people need to stop with the contradictions already. Because I'm, I'm also getting tired of it. And I know you, you, the, you know the people that are the hardcore boxing fans. You know, the ones that be breaking it down, breaking it down unbiased, logically and objectively. How many times do we hear 
that the back in the days is better than today. Why these fighters don't think like the guys back in the days. Always back in the days. These guys was fighting competition. These guys was fighting all the time. These guys was fight right? Now that Virgil Ortiz is 23 years of age and he's calling out the elites. After the fight, he did call um, Earl Spence, Manny Pacquiao, and Bill Crawford, right? People want to say that he's not ready. I'm going to tell you like this. You don't, yo, Virgil Ortiz don't have to be Put it this way. Some people may have it 50-50. A lot of people got him. Got Bud being them. But it doesn't have to be like a 50-50 fight. Or does Virgil T's got to give you the imagination that he's technically like a Bud Crawford. So he could get in the chance to, to get in the chance to, to step in the ring with him. No. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget. And I said this once before. If you've been following the channel, this is your first time. Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali got dropped like two times before funny fighting Sonny Liston. Everybody thought that Sonny Liston would kill this man, this young boy. 22 years old. And he overcame Sonny Liston. Remember Oscar de la Hoya, the golden boy. The gold medalist. The Olympian, right? At what age he fought Julio Cesar Chavez, the legend? Huh? One of the greatest of all time. Top 10 in a lot of people's list. He was 23 years old. At what, at what age he fought Pernell Whitaker? Huh? I think it was a 24, 20, 25, 24, something like that. At what age did Mike Tyson, the great Mike Tyson, one of the best, one of the oh, one of the greatest heavyweights that ever lived, and still the baddest man of the planet, right? Still bad. Look, he does 1.6 million pay-per-views at the age of 54 versus Roy Jones Jr. Right? Mike Tyson. At what age he became a undisputed heavyweight champion of the world? And around that time, when you was a heavyweight champion of the world, you was the king of the world, huh? Age 21. Salvador Sanchez died at the age of 23. He's a legend. Huh? Wilfred Benitez at the age of 17. First, the youngest champion ever in the sport of boxing, the age of 17. Yeah, but these are the people that people want to compare. People want to compare. So look at all these young legends that we cater to, right? That we always want to justify the then with the now, right? And now you got young fighters at the age of 23 like Virgil Ortiz. They said that with Tiafim Lopez that he wasn't ready for Lomachenko, right? Andre Walls of the world, remember, he wasn't ready for Tiafim, for, for, for Lomachenko. Oh, no, he don't got the IQ. He don't, he don't have the experience. Oh, the experience, the experience. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know how we, uh, we, we, we conclude with what greatness is. Well, I'm not going to say conclude. That ain't the right word. But I'm going to say this. When we, when, we, when we give that fighter that tag of greatness... That, 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 that fighter had to overcome or exceed their expectations. You don't give credit in the sport of boxing. You already know. We know that we are, we are very, very hard on our fighters. We don't, we don't give you ultimate credit if... We don't give you ultimate credit if the fighter does what he's expected. Greatness come with, in, especially in the sport of boxing, unfortunately, but you got to exceed your expectations. You got to beat the odds, like beat the odds. You got to do something special like Manny Pacquiao, 8th Division World Champion, right? Like Mike Tyson beating Giants. He's like 5'10", young teenagers beating everybody else, right? We value all these fighters. But when now Virgil Ortiz says, I'm ready for this for, for this one. I want this fight. I'm in position as the number one rated WBO. You already know that Bud Crawford is holding a WBO strap in the welterweight division. Not everybody got a problem. Oh, no, he's not ready. He's not ready. What the hell is happening to the sport of boxing? Why are we becoming managers now? Why are we becoming these type of folks that now want to protect the fighters? 
Huh? You're not an accountant. You're not a manager. You're not an advisor. Now, now what's happening? Now, I understand we got to understand the sport of boxing. We've got to understand the business sport of boxing so we can understand or what's really going on, whether we like it or not. But Virgil Ortiz, damn it, he's ready. He's ready. And if you don't, if you don't think that he's not ready, then some, you, don't, you haven't been watching boxing for a long time. You're new to this. Virgil Ortiz is more than ready. As a matter of fact, Virgil Ortiz has a great chance in beating the likes of Earl Spence, beating the likes of Bud Crawford, beating the likes of Keith Thurman, beating the likes of Anthony Garcia, beating the likes of Sean Porter, beating the likes of Sergey Lipinier or Ugas or whoever you want to put it in, 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 in the welterweight division. A lot of you be like, well, what about you ain't say boots though? You know why? Because that, not, not that fight right there. Since, you know, that deserved that pay-per-view. That deserved it. Also, if you could chat, people also people be like, well, 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 we got to see Virgil Ortiz if he gets one more fight, two more fights in versus an elite fighter. We haven't seen Bud versus an elite fighter in the welterweight division. So why are you trying to justify that? So y'all want Virgil Ortiz to do more than Bud Crawford so he could get a Bud Crawford fight? Does that make sense? Nah, nah, nah. Virgil Ortiz should fight Keith Thurman first or fight Danny Super Garcia first, and then maybe he could get the Bud Crawford fight. Well, Bud Crawford has to fight them too. Buck Crawford hasn't fought them So so Virgil Ortiz got to work harder than Buck Crawford In the welterweight division to get a Buck Crawford fight It doesn't make any sense y'all It doesn't make any sense And if it doesn't, make it Virgil Ortiz is ready He's passed his test With flying cutters 18 and 0, 18 KOs Damn it his rhymes I'm from New York City Shout out Harlem, Wash Heights Doing a hell of a job. And his father, shout out to Virgil Ortiz Sr. Doing a hell of a job with his son. Shout out to all the fathers in the sport of boxing. Because y'all already know how I feel. That fatherhood is prominent in the sport of boxing. If y'all want, if y'all want, want to know why I feel like that, I have a video. I think it's one of my first, my first podcast episodes. And you can check that. Check that out. That is just all about fathers. And, and for real, this weekend on the channel, I want to bring some fathers of the sport of boxing because of course man it's inspirational motivational in the in the in the inner cities they like to say that there's a lot of fatherless childs in my opinion i do think that there's like a uh a silent a silent a silent and what is it like not a silent enemy but i think a, a strategic they're trying to take the, the man out the household um they're trying to belittle belittle the man they're trying to take the masculinity of a man and stuff like that they're trying to turn men into women they don't give a damn if the man is in the house or not you know what i'm saying so, gotta hold you. We gotta, we gotta straighten. We, all the men, we gotta, we gotta straighten up. All right? not straighten up like you, like you paddle. But you know what I'm saying. You don't understand what I'm saying. We gotta be stronger than that because they're coming after us. They're coming after us. Who's they? Who's they? They. <laughs> Kareem Akbar, the educated brother from the back. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, Andrew Maloney. Andrew Maloney, my guy. I did an interview with, my, with, with Andrew Maloney. Great guy, great guy, just like his brother Jason Maloney. But damn, the trilogy, the trilogy that the people wanted to see, huh? Yeah, that's the real trilogy that people wanted to see. The Joshua Franco versus Andrew Maloney. Remember the second, remember the second fight? Remember the second fight where they had to do the slow motion because it was it ended because of a cause of a headbutt and they slow mowed the video for like 28 minutes and we ain't seen no headbutt but they said it was a headbutt that caused the stoppage and it was crazy. But 
Andrew Maloney had to come right back from Australia, leave his family once again, a trilogy, and then he lost to Joshua Franco, but it was a good scrap by both men. Um, it was a good scrap by both men, good sportsmanlike uh, um, sportsmanship by both of them after the fight. Good fight, good fight, man. I hope um, he does get a uh, Andrew Maloney does get a, a crack of a of a champion or or whatever, man. I think it was a good fight. I think it was a good fight, it was an entertaining fight, especially yesterday. We needed these fights. We needed the virtual tees and the and the and the Andrew Maloney's and Joshua Franco and the Buatzi because that rigging that Casimero was garbage, garbage. Now, let me go back to the Casimero though. Hold on, you know I, I can't I can't give you a pass. You a champion, Casimero, and you're what 31, 32 years old. You well in your prime. Right now, I even gave you credit that right now your your intellect and your physical ability because your coexist at the highest level. Casimiro was also reckless, bro. Casimiro and I understand the frustration. I don't. I understand Casimiro's frustration. He was chasing the dude for twelve for 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 for, for thirty six minutes. I understand. All right, he was chasing the dude. I feel you. It's like watching cops. All right, but this time you ain't catch him. You ain't catch up. <laughs> you know. But Casimero, Casimero, oh man, he, he he couldn't cut off the ring. He couldn't cut off the ring, man, and 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 you couldn't cut off the ring versus a forty-year-old man, you know. And yet, athletic as well, he got to work on cutting off the ring. Also, leading with the left hook, I'm gonna tell you like this: the ropes was countering Casimero more than Rigodell was. The ropes landed more than Rigodell. That's how bad it was that fight, ladies and gentlemen. That the rope every time Casimero missed, he was hitting the the the, the he was hitting the, the the upper rope, the top rope. The top rope was countering with the with the with the hooks. <laughs> if y'all want to see anything, you can go watch that. Trust me, I'm not lying to y'all. The high the the, the high rope was actually countering Casimero more than breaking down. That was a crazy fight. I bet copy copy box if they would if they would include in the ropes the ropes would have had more punches landed than any other fight. <laughs> I'm not I'm not, I'm laughing but I'm not but I'm telling you the truth. You know your boy punch wrong, Mr. Moonshine. Okay, like always, came to Sasondo the light to you, my friend. Man. And well, a lot of credit that the Cuban fighter was getting, especially in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, you already know me. Andy Cruz, Andy Cruz Gomez beats Keyshawn Davis just once again. And then he was trolling him on IG too. But shout out to Keyshawn Davis and, and the rest of the uh, USA, uh, USA boxing, you know, getting the medal, um, getting the silver medal. But Andy Cruz, man, looks like, man, he just got Keyshawn Davis numbers, man. He was saying that that's his daddy. Yo soy tu papá, yo soy tu papá. Andy Cruz is serious. Let's see if he can escape from. From from Cuba, and um, you know he can handle his 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 thing with Keyshawn Davis on the professional level. But then that's four and zero right there. At this point, is it a ri rivalry? Is it a rivalry when you lost all the fights? You know you got to win some. But shout out to the Cuban and the USA team in the Olympics and the Philippine team too, and 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 you know just everybody that put their life on the line for pure entertainment. Um. So the Manny Pacquiao versus Yuri Dennis Ugas. A lot of people talking about. Oh, let, let's talk, matter of fact, because we could talk about that. Let, let me just let me let me just back up a little bit. The Michael Fox versus Maestro. 
the WBA, the WBA, the WBA is under fire. I believe that all, probably all the Bell Federation should be under fire. I believe the promotional companies should be under fire. I believe the managers should be under fire. I believe the network should be under fire. I believe everybody in boxing, the power players, the people that got their hands in the cookie jar, they should all be, uh, uh, um, they should all be under fire. Oh, I'm gonna say this, man. Probably gonna be a little controversial. Not controversial, but I got you gotta be open minded to understand what I'm about to say. So the WBA they suspended a judge. Her name is what Gloria Martinez, something like that. Gloria Martinez, um, because of her because of her scorecard, she gave um she gave Maestre one fourteen one seventeen one eleven. All the judges gave Maestre the win. That is why they feel like the WBA is corrupted, is under fire. But also, she add they added the tweets, couple of tweets that she been tweeting since what they found some tweets at 2018, 2019 directed at at the 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 former the former first lady Michelle Obama, and it was something like uh, damn, I just paraphrased. I'm sorry, I don't got it in front of me, but it was something like uh, she called her a monkey face, and. You already know Michelle Michelle Obama is African American, and you know when you play when when those words or that or 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 those insults towards a, a, a African American by calling them a monkey or having a monkey face is a form of racism. Um, so the WBA suspended her. For those comments as well, in which Gloria, I think she she deleted her account. Now, this is what I'm going to say. Should she be suspended? Should, should all the judges be suspended? Should be suspended for her tweets? Now, her tweets was insults, you know? Was insults. And she also, also, you could tell that she's probably a conservative, right? Republican. See what she was going for, because if you look at the, uh, her tweets, she was really—it was more about politics than anything. It was more—it was more about Democrats versus Republicans. That's the way that I also saw it, right? I also saw it like that. Now, this is what I—this I, is what I like to speak on, and I—I I love to, i love to have this type of dialogue with people. Is it right what she tweeted? No, right? But. This is one thing about the community, the culture, the inner cities. You could say uh, blacks or, or Latinos. Um, let's just speak on hip-hop cultures. I can't put this on everybody. Um, they say, let's just say, if you are those who feel like that tweet was racist by, you know, the monkey face. It was racist. What about... When people call themselves nigga, what up, my nigga? Uh, yo, what's up, dude? What's up, nigga? That's my nigga. That's my. And what about that's my bitch? That's my motherfucker. Excuse my language. All that derogatory names towards each other, huh? Put it this way: How about if if this? I'm just. I'm, it may, maybe it may sound like I'm being the devil's advocate on this one. How about Javante Tan Davis? Right? Javante Tan Davis consider himself the gorilla. Sizzle on his tweet. That's his logo. I think of, of of his clothing company. I believe so. And how about if she said if she would have said, um, Tank is an ape, but Tank calls himself an ape, calls himself a gorilla, right? Would that be racist? 
Mm. Was the intention is to be racist? Maybe. I don't know her. Maybe not. Maybe it was to her. It maybe maybe she feel like the chick like like Michelle Obama looked like a monkey. Or maybe she was racist and used it as a racist term. Back in the day, they used to, you know, refer black people as as, as three-fifths of a human or something like that, right? And then maybe it's racist. It could be racist. It could be a Democrat, a Republican hating a Democrat. A, a conservative hating a liberal. Things of that nature because if you see her tweets, it's all about that. You can tell that she voted for 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 um for for Donald Trump and then the liberal media has played this that if you're a Donald Trump supporter, you are automatically a racist, which is wrong. But if she never would have gave that scorecard, would anybody would have cared about Gloria? Would anybody would have cared about her tweets that have been sitting there for th- oh, for three to four years? Would anybody would have cared? It's not like we don't know these judges because I'm telling you like this in every in every fight they mention the judges' names they put the judges out there. Why nobody cared to look into her before? Oh, it took a bad scorecard. How about if she if a scorecard was one fourteen one thirteen? Hmm. Damn, it took a bad scorecard to look at her tweets and to really look into who she is. So this woman, I believe that she got like 150-something bounce that she'd been judging. Nobody questioned her other. Should we all question her scorecard now? Should we look at every bout and now, if she had a scorecard that people didn't agree, should that, should, should that be, um, should, 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 you, should those fighters have a case on her? Matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you know what I'm going to do after this? I'm going to be looking at all the all the fights. I know that she was part of the. I think she was a part of the judging versus Clarissa Shields versus Cecilia Breakers. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just Jessica McCasco versus Cecilia Cecilia Breakers. I know she was judging that fight. Hmm. Let's see. If that was a close fight. Let's see what type of score she gave. I also think, ladies, society, yes, we have this society, and then we have the Me Too move. We got the mental illness movement. We got, what else, the the um, Black Lives Matters movement. We got, um, we got a lot of movements out there that also, the, that politics actually capitalize off of this, you know. And this is what it is. A lot of people yelling out racism when there's not racism, but is it racist? I could say he's racist. Is, is he a racist person? Maybe not a racist person. I mean, I think could you could you say racist ra- racial remarks and not be racist? Maybe that could be in, that that could be a case as well. Come I mean, being having a tag as racism is really bad, especially in America. But that's up for grabs. Those are your tweets, Gloria. You got to live by and, and this is the world, man. It's like it's like Jay-Z said. We don't believe you. We need more people. A bunch of people saying you're racist. You're going to come out like a racist, just like Donald Trump and them, right? Let's move to boxing. Oh, but with the Michael Fox, when the WBA said they're going to order the rematch, not me. Michael Fox, do not, do not fight the rematch because you shouldn't put your life on the line for somebody else's incompetent. You shouldn't put yourself on the line your life on the line. Go train. Sacrifice your life. Not because you didn't think he was going to win. But so you could rewrite a racist wrong. 
I'm going to risk my life to prove that the racist woman's card was wrong. Nah, sorry. You don't need to do it, Michael. We all know what you did. We saw you win. The best that they could do is switch it up, put it as a no contest, and that's it. That's what they should do. You shouldn't fight that rematch for the incompetence of other, especially if she's a racist. You shouldn't put it because she's ra- you shouldn't put your life on the line because she's racist. If that's the narrative, right? Again, she could be racist. She could say something racial, racist, but not be racist, or she just really blown out racist. And if she is, a man should have sacrificed his life for them judges that everybody felt that we all felt that he won the fight. Yo, what are you fighting for? You fighting for the strap? Not really. It's because I want to let the whole world know that those... Feel me? That doesn't make sense to me. August August 21st. Manny Pacquiao, guys. Manny Pacquiao was supposed to be fighting Earth of Truth Spence. And of course, Earth of Truth Spence, we already heard the news. Retina surgery. The opponent of Ugas, Fabian Madonna. Retina uh, um, um, t- uh, Retina Taylor Almost the same injury As, as Earl the True Spence A lot of people was mad Because a lot of people Was anticipating this bout This fight Manny Pacquiao Said you know what Let me let me fight um, Ugas I guess A lot of people is, is having a lot of Conspiracy theory Thinking that Probably they knew this Way before Maybe it was the The, the Earl Spence Sparring uh, um, um, Leaked Video they got people, oh man, he was struggling, man. He wanted to come out of this. Now people want to say that Earl Spence is ducking. Let me just let, let me just end that narrative. Earl Spence ain't ducking nobody. No welterweight is ducking anybody, all right? The only people that duck is the is the managers, promoters, and, and th- those those power plays, power players that, you know, create these these, these events. Manny Pack ain't scared of nobody. Earl Spence ain't scared of nobody. All right? But what it does look like. I'm not gonna knock. I'm not gonna knock the conspiracy theories as well. Seems what it looked like though. That especially we found out that Manny Pacquiao was still sparring southpaws. It seems like Ugas, which was not fighting southpaws, probably knew this way before made on Manny Pacquiao. Let's not forget that Manny Pacquiao been in the end of two robberies. So, everybody love Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao brings the fans out, bring the money up. But I'm telling you like this, they so quick to rob him too. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. But it's conspiracy theory. And I believe that people are just frustrated with how boxing is going. COVID and messing up a lot of the fights. Postponing fights. Canceling fights. And the fans ain't even getting the fight that they want to see. They got to pay for fight fights they never asked for. Andy Cruz versus... I mean, Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola for pay-per-view. We got Javante Tan Davis versus Mario Barris for pay-per-view. So I think a lot of fans, right, especially this year, has been very, very frustrated. The allegations of Deontay Wilder, the Tyson Fury. A lot of people's frustrated. A lot of people's this is... Is, 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 is having a lack of respect for boxing personnel and the, and the sport, the Bell Federation, everybody. The fans ain't taking it anymore. They're not taking it anymore. So you know they're not they, they're not giving they're not giving boxing the benefit of the doubt, and that's the sad part. It's a sad part that a man could be suffering from an injury, and we're thinking he's lying. It's bad that in boxing a guy could be sick with COVID, and we think that he's lying. And then we want the proof. You know, one of the most sacred sacred things is, is your medical information. Well, you, you don't 
And it seems like the fans are being as barbaric as what happens in the ring as well. We don't believe you. Show me. Brahan Hopkins, though, he needs, he needs proof too. And that legitimizes a conspiracy theory. Well, even Bernard Hopkins, the great that knows the in and out of boxing, from the ring, from outside the ring, from being, from being a, 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 a Golden Bull promoter, owner, and all that stuff. When he says it, there's like, uh oh, conspiracy theory might be true. Might be true. But we're going to be breaking that fight down with your Dennis Ugas and Manny Pacquiao a little later this week. Um, dropping more episodes about that fight so we could just just highlight this beautiful matchup, this beautiful um, um, just fighter, man. Manny Pacquiao, individual world champion, five lineal, the ambassador, the humanitarian, the senator, the best karaoke singer of them all. Manny Pacquiao versus Yordanis Ugas. Yordanis Ugas who have beaten the likes of Bud Crawford and the amateurs. You're Dennis Ugas who's holding the, the WBA strap, the Super WBA strap, and Manny Pacquiao's, Manny Pacquiao, which is the real rule in the WBA that if you was a recent champion, you want to come back, you want your belt back, you got to fight the guy that's actually holding the belt. So in, technically, this was the right fight, not the best fight, but the fair fight and the right fight, to be honest with y'all. For the people that's, that's mad about Earl Spence, this was supposed to be the right fight, to be honest, because the recent champion, I'm talking about the WBA rap. But it's crazy, man. It's crazy. A lot of it's gonna be good boxing. Um, who's back in the ring in the, in the undercard of that one? A lot of people even wanna talk about it. But hey, let the old man be making their money. The past prime fighters, you know, they 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 need to feed their family too. Um, Victor Ortiz versus Ghost Guerrero. I think it's a good fight. It's a good fight for that age, for that age that they lay, that they're lay off and to get paid and feed their family, you know. People gonna be like, what about Rigondado Punch? Eh, Rigondado, I said televised ban. Ban him from television. From apps. He could fight in the prelims or something like that. <laughs> he ain't even worth no He ain't even worth to fight on MySpace. <laughs> he ain't even worth to fight on MySpace. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, put him on MySpace. Let me see if people got an account. <laughs> I still got an account. Put him on MySpace. My space rigging down. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, man, thank you for rocking with me. Y'all already know, man, I'm going to be back in this thing. We're going to be talking again tomorrow. Going to drop another video so y'all can listen to. Let's go, man. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. By, uh, um, you, um, Who's calling your boy? Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Punch Run Boxing. Subscribe to the website. Um, punchrunboxing.net. And if you want to donate to the channel, you already know. Um... Share the share this podcast, share this episode. If you want to donate to the channel, you can cash app dollar sign punch drunk P U N S H D R U N K. Let's go. I love y'all. God bless and have a wonderful day.